0: It's the True Penny Show
1: with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James True Penny. This is my show. i got my office today, so I my very proper professional microphone, which sounds way better than the other ones. I'm working on that, making the home, the home studio, if you will, a more professional looking outfit. Um, For the minute, I'm at the office because I had to work late tonight. You may notice that we are about 14 hours late with the Troopini show because of a a severe family issue that John had yesterday. Who is with me. Good afternoon, John. How are you? Hello. Considering I'm not in a
0: professional office, I'm probably going to sound like shit compared to you. (laughs) Actually,
1: you sound very good. You're always very good with your microphone sounds. I appreciate it, as do the listeners.
0: I suppose that's bonuses of having a proper condenser mic.
1: True. There you go. Um, I'm on a um, uni mic it's a unidirectional microphone for those technical out there so I'm talking into it very closely like this like I was doing a gig or a spoken word concert um, that's it anyway. there's no wrestling today
0: it's slam poetry
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you say, you say that but I feel that the matches we saw on this particular show are poetic now of course obviously the obvious thing to do this week would have been AEW All Out which we didn't do because we were supposed to do the show yesterday before that show had aired. And, and there's plenty of other people on the internet will do that. So we're going to do something completely different, which is the Tokyo Joshi Pro Princess Cup. Um, we're going to look at night six and the final. So we're going to look at the semi-finals because of a slight scheduling mix-up that we had um, where we watched not the final night, but the semifinal night. These things happen, but we, didn't, we are going to cover the final as well.
0: I was going to say, you just asked me what how I wanted to do TJP-wise, and I just picked the things with Max. <laughs> Instead of the final night, which probably
1: would have been more. I mean, Max <laughs> is on both nights, and I've watched both Max matches. So, I mean, to be fair, though, if you look at the the um, cage match um, viewing figures, as it were, um, the cage match viewing figures, this was the best night of the tournament. Although the the night five, the last night of block match, the last the quarterfinal night rather, uh, I'll get block matches because I'm kind of obsessed with the G1 and N1 at the moment. Um, the la- the semi quarterfinal night was 8.18. That was the highest ranked one, and the semi final night was actually ranked higher than the finals night. Uh, the semi final night. This was back on the 13th of August, rated an eight, and then the final was on the s- was 7.14. So we're going to start with night six, which was the semi final night and it opened with Shoki nakajima going up against kaya Toribami. this was um a bit different to your opening joshi fair if you see what i mean it was like it wasn't the healthful leather thing that you normally see you know this is the princess of princess champion here she's kind of like there's a bit more stoic if you see what i mean it was there's a bit more meat to it a bit more kind of story i think Though it was still a lot of fun what did you think of this one john
0: yeah it was a It's a nice little opening. You've got Torabami, who is one of the newer rookies of the company. She's only got about one year under her, I think, Mm -hmm. as of now. And, yeah, you're going against the the big champion and the big kaiju. So, good luck to you. And, yeah, held her own. It's just a nice
1: little match with a lot of pressure on it. (laughs) This is the thing. I mean, like... Yeah, I'm just checking her background. She's, yeah, one year into it. Nickname Persona Lady. That's an interesting nickname to have. Um, so, yeah, and she's still very much in the early days of her career. But she did show a good of accounting of herself, which is the only things that are going to like keep her moving in the company, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's the case of you've started, now sure you can go up and up. And try not
1: to die in the process. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have the wonderful tag team of free Wi-Fi. Hikaru Noa and Neo Kakuta, and they defeated Raku and Yuki Aino in 9 minutes and 15 seconds. And this was a fun matchup. I enjoyed this one. Um, not enough votes for total rating, according to the cage match users, which I think was unfair.
0: It's a grave injustice to hear Hikaru
1: Yes, definitely. Um, but this kind of started off in your kind of TJPW DDT silliness and then evolved into a bit of a banger, which is the kind of thing I like. Um, they got serious after a while with this uh, What's your thoughts on this one?
0: Yeah I'm always going to enjoy anything with Hikari in. I'm very biased Towards anything with Hikari in, Especially when she's allowed to go hardcore Which wasn't the case here but Her and now just get it They're like a great tag team And when you're going against The literal god of the company Raku And Yuki Aino you've got to Properly bring it And yeah Again, just kind of fun opening fair with a bit of silliness and then a lot of great wrestling.
1: Yeah, for sure. It got going fairly quickly. And I think this is the thing is with with TJPW, there's, there's a lot more layers to things that aren't particularly obvious. But having said that, you can get into a show just because the action's so much fun, you know, to watch. It's not difficult to get your head into it, is it?
0: No, you you can often just get by with like the most surface level of knowledge and just kind of just sit back and enjoy the sort of anarchy you're seeing. Like <laughs> most DDT, like DDT slash TJPW slash, well, just that style of like wrestling will always be sort of easily accessible. And then the further you dig, the more you can sort of do the Leonardo DiCaprio meme and just point at the screen and be like, "Oh, I get this." <laughs> I think that's Unless it's over 25 in some regard, in which case, good luck.
1: I think the, the thing is, a lot with this style, is it is, how can I put this? It is the kind of thing that makes Cornette fans' noses bleed. Um, but they don't make up the majority of wrestling fans. I've had this argument before. Um, Maybe we should show it in a blood
0: bank. <laughs> oh my god! You've got a little bucket there. You've got free donations.
1: Yeah, maybe so. But I think the thing is, is like, it's it's wrestling is trying to reach a different audience. It doesn't necessarily appeal to wrestling fans, and I think that's what people don't get about it. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like there are many different re- uh, audiences for wrestling and many it's different genres. And
1: the biggest argument I've had over the last couple of weeks has just been like uh oh like women don't draw that's been that's another old chestnut that's been brought up again um oh,
0: it's tony khan khan Fuck yeah him.
1: and it's like no well yeah tony khan's not a particularly good promoter of women's wrestling though he has good women wrestlers i don't know what he's making of mocking about at. Um, but you know oh, that was the other thing is just like arig uh, kong's not very good that was that was, that was somebody wrong. oh
0: there was the Thing with Bull Nakano.
1: Oh, yeah, Sportster wrote an article on the worst women's wrestlers of the 1990s and number 14 was Bull Nakano. And it's like... And they clearly had no idea who Bull Nakano was outside of the 12 television matches she had in WWE. Like, Uh, oh,
0: she's just a big bruiser who threw people around. It's like, yeah, because that's all WWF wanted her to do.
1: (laughs) It is like, there's a brilliant bit where it's like, it, she lost she beat the Blaze on a special card in Japan that special card was big egg universe with 45,000 people in the arena they didn't and they turned up for her by the way you know because the only other match announced on the first round that was like our dream match was Adji Kong versus Minami Toyota they turned up for Adji Kong and Minami Toyota and they turned up for Paul Macan versus Wonderblaze you know and she was you know past her biggest tase by then and she still managed to get 45,000 people into the egg dome because they weren't going to see a Alunda Blaze, God bless you, Medusa. But, you know, it just, uh, it, it, but people have like, and it's just because they're not like, again, it's based down to the fact that they, well, apart from the fact they refuse to accept that anything outside of American wrestling is worth watching or is has any effect on worldwide wrestling business, which is just insane. Um, because I someone, call, someone called um, New Japan Minor League Wrestling, and I said it's literally corporate wrestling. It couldn't be any more corporate. WWE is an indie compared to New Japan Pro Wrestling because it's individually owned by a board, not a corporation, which is New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom and Noah and DDT and TJPW for that matter. I also Gamp- don't
0: great. seem to realize that most of... The stuff they probably watch wouldn't exist without
1: '90s Joshi. Of course it wouldn't. Absolutely not. I am pretty sure last night Drew McIntyre would have delivered a claymore at some point, which is of course an air raid crash, which was invented in Joshy.
0: The Claymore's is kick.
1: No, the claymore. The the other one. What's the thing? Are you it's thinking
0: Sheamus's right, white noise?
1: No, I'm thinking. No, that's another manoeuvre. But it, well, that wasn't a Joshy manoeuvre. There's, McIntyre used to do an air raid crash back when he was Impact but I can't remember what he called it. I had another name for it. Anywho, but yeah, Air Raid Crash is a a maneuver. Kazuchika Ricardo uses it, but uses it with a knee drop. Death Valley Driver, invented by a woman, used by everybody ever, you know. So, but there you go. Anywho, let's just get back to these young people who are doing good wrestling things. Me, Surugu, and Arisu Endo went for 12 minutes and 9 seconds. The cage match users loved it. They gave it 7.64 stars. I loved it too. What did you think, John? I think it's weird. We
0: saw May Saruga and not her
1: odd doppelganger
0: May saint Michelle. I know. She was... They're very similar. It's weird. you never <laughs> seen them in the same room together.
1: Almost if they're twins.
0: But yeah, this was great. May being a goblin, Arisu Endor Endo being another one of the sort of newer stars to the company, still mm-hmm. show, like, showing what she's capable of. And yeah, again, it's just a great match. Like... There's a lot of goblin tactics from Saruga because that's what she does. <laughs> you've got, yeah, a lot of rookie fire coming from Endor who yeah. is one of the more popular members of the roster at the moment. So it just worked.
1: Yeah, I think this is the thing is like there's so much depth with fan base as well. Like certain wrestlers just get over for who they are. and it, and, and even in the rookie stages, they've got a lot of following which you don't necessarily see like And I think it helps that they don't just make them generic wrestlers to start with. Like the New Japan rookies are all cool and everything, and they do get a following, but you don't have to make it hard work when they literally all look the same.
0: That's kind of the thing. The second you sort of hit like TJPW and like Shaw's, you have a personality. You have a look. You have a character. You you come up as a person, not a blob of clay, which is going to get pummeled repeatedly until
1: you go on excursion. Yeah. No, it's it's it's, it's it, it just is like they, they're more fully formed the moment they're having wrestling matches. Because also they don't have limited movesets either, which does help too. But I think that's the thing is like New Japan's more about the style, isn't it? And the, the it's, it's connoisseurs wrestling, whereas TJPW is a little less up, the own, up its own ass is, <laughs> is a good phrase, but I'm trying to be nice. Because New Japan's not up its own ass, but it certainly has a, like a... Uh, everyone's kind of into the stylization, whereas TJPW and DDT, to an extent as well, are kind of more about setting up characters to gear over quicker. It's like, we're great, but we can have fun whilst being great. <laughs> yes, exactly. Speaking of which, three-way match. Now, Troopany Show listeners will be well aware of my dislike of three-way matches. Um, But I like Anarchy, and I like Chaos. And as soon as you have Hyper Masao, then you have Anarchy and you have Chaos. And this took the three-person format and kind of blew it on its head, Um, basically because Masao is obsessed with Riki Tatsumi at the moment, and she was wrestling Riki Tatsumi and Mizuki. And he went for 10 minutes and 8 seconds with Tatsumi showing absolutely no affection back to Hyper Masao, (laughs) which is sad, but also really funny. Uh, <laughs> John your Yeah this,
0: this was just really funny Like you've got Mazao like Oh come on we'll we'll work together we can do this I love you Tatsumi and then just no Like everyone in this Match was trying to stir shit apart From Tatsumi who was just like I just want to fight And you've got Mizuki Mazu- <laughs> being a menace Hyper Mazao being a menace It's just kind of Fun to watch because there's so many like generic multi-person matches a lot of the time, and then you've got this one where everyone's just taking the piss until yeah. Tatsumi
1: eventually kills someone, and then stood on Misao to go shake Mizuki's hand, which I thought was hilarious. That was brilliant. That was it's it's just a fun structured match which does basically it. Joe Lysets the if you think of Laura Kunzberg as a three-way match and. Oh, God. Joe at what he did to Delora Kunzberg on Sunday, they did to the the three-way dance format, which I appreciate greatly. Uh, Ah, (laughs) the three-penny show too political. Uh. Well, we didn't mention politics then. We (laughs) mentioned a commentator who commentated on politics in a unique way. (laughs) Um, Who (laughs) amazingly made the front page of the Daily Mail this morning. It's because
0: of because um Have I Got News for You did a tribute to All Bojo. And yeah. Jack D openly just called him the C word. And everyone's just like, oh, <laughs> You can't do that. And it's like, why not? It's a comedy show.
1: Yeah, true. Um Joe Weissett did um like he, he said I'm gonna have it framed when he appeared on the front page of the mail this morning. So <laughs> like, yeah, fair enough. Anyway, let us move on. Um this is John's favorite thing at the moment. Ariduku had a horrid time with Max the Impaler and actually tried to run away at one point. And um the rest of the 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 TJPW crew were like, no, <laughs> go on, try, give it the old college try. And she still lost in four minutes and thirty-nine seconds. Because Max is quite large. Max is the ultimate monster,
0: and I love them. They are ridiculously powerful, ridiculously hard hitting, and yeah for the entirety of 2022 their matches have been incredible hell they practically nearly killed effie yesterday (laughs) oh man if you if you haven't seen anything from max a check out their twitter it's incredible Mm. and b just look up any of their matches on either TJPW. they've got two on iwtv there's plenty because if you if you complain about like oh there's not enough sort of all style traditional characters who are just heavy hit and bastards. Then you're missing out here. Like Max took Jake something to the limit, and Jake something is a fucking monster too. So mm. that that's was my PSA thing. for today.
1: Well, that's it. I think this is the thing. It's like Jonah's number one kaiju, Ichiban kaiju comments from from the G One. Like, really. Yeah, you're good, and you beat Okada, but you know Max the Impaler really, are you? Because they're a proper monster, they're an actual monster. You and Cobb, you're kind of just big, but you're not monsters. There's a monster. Like
0: this match was scared, like set up so perfectly because Pom is so just like ragdollish in this match. <laughs> he is thrown around like nothing, and just is terrified. Though somehow I have learned that
1: shin kicks will work on a, a wasteland monster. There you go. That's it. That's The sh- the one weakness is the shins, which is a bit of a horrible weakness to have, to be honest.
0: I think everyone's weak in the shins, though.
1: Except Minoru Suzuki. Oh, yeah, because it's calcified. But then again, Minoru Suzuki isn't really weak anywhere. He has, like, strong eyeballs. Um... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. No, it's a cool match, and you should go watch that. It's good, very good, in fact. This uh, is
0: how you do a squash match and make it look fun.
1: Yeah, because Pom doesn't lose anything because she lost to someone who's literally three times her size, and Pom's so good at selling that it just is—it's just excellent. It's just a, its a good piece of wrestling theater. When's said, the
0: last time you've seen someone so scared of their opponent that they legged it?
1: There was, there was somebody in Gaia. It may have... I don't know. It may have been Hirata, but their first character was just someone who cried every time they hit them. And that's, that's genius. Why didn't anyone thought of that before? But I mean, this is kind of like that, but just bigger and better. So yeah, it's good.
0: God, The world just wasn't ready for Sakura Hirata.
1: She, that, the world is still not ready for Sakura Hirata. And never will be. She is the queen of the world. Because, you know... She took her like three month old to matches. Would hand them off to the rookies, go wrestle a match, and then catch the bullet train home.
0: <laughs> Is that, I think the closest—that's
1: responsible can... parenting for you. I think the closest thing I can think of from recent memory
0: was Iga versus Session Moth from the Sendai Girl Show. We were both
1: at. Harata has wrestled Iga more than anybody else on the planet, though. So Iga's learned an awful lot from her <laughs> But still couldn't deal with a Henry the Hoover. True, true. And that Hoover, I have no idea what that Hoover has sucked up in the back of the O2, because I've been to gigs in the O2, and I've seen some sites I can tell you that will never repeat to anyone, ever again, because they were horrible. Gigs in Manchester, no. Anyway... Let's move on. Haragunu Neko, My Hero Kairu and Yuki Kamifuki defeated Moko Miyamoto, Saki Akai and Yuri Yuki Ahirai in 12 minutes and 35 seconds of a very fun match. But I believe that'll be your tag team champions getting pinned in a wrestling match. Would it not, sir, John?
0: Yeah, that that is exactly what it is. Mahiro Kiyu has secured a tag title shot with whoever she chooses to partner with, and it looks like it's
1: going to be Yuki Kamafuku. Mm, that's intriguing. And that's kind of what this match was about, was kind of setting up the next tag team feud, which is all falling good because everyone's been tied up in a singles tournament for a month. So yeah, it makes perfect sense to kind of get things moving along, and I have no problem with that. It was a perfectly fun match as well. It wasn't like the best thing on the card because the best thing on the card was really good. <laughs> but this was this was pretty damn good for what it was, but it's just kind of a, a story-moving match rather than anything earth-shaking.
0: Yeah, but hey, at least it was the only six-man, well, six-woman tag match on a show. Imagine that.
1: Yes, imagine. the Yeah, because like, we watch New Japan all the time, and there's an awful lot of six-men matches on that. And AEW, obviously, having a six-man title. I don't know why they're bothering, though, because there's the Never open-weight openweight tag team champions, and Chaos are clearly the greatest tag- six-man tag team of all time. So they're not any good until they've beaten Yoshihashi and his mates.
0: I want to see Omega <laughs> in the books do that. Sorry? I want to see the winners of the AEW trio's titles, who I will not spoil. Even though no, no we will not
1: do that. The, the, but, whoever they are.
0: Yeah, I want to see them by Chaos. That'll be great.
1: Uh, they're not going to beat them, because they beat House of Torture, and House of Torture were like full-court full, 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 full court press cheating, and they still beat House of Torture. So, no, they're not going to win. <laughs> I don't care if it's Hulk Hogan, Bob Backlund, and Bruno Sammartino against um, Chaos. They ain't winning.
0: <laughs> uh
1: a favourite video of
0: mine recently resurfaced again, and it's Ishi being terrified of a roller
1: coaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is one of Yano's, um production DVDs, isn't it? <laughs> you see, I think you showed me the the clip, but yeah. Ishi
0: by... terrified, no opponent, but put him on a roller coaster. That man will piss himself.
1: <laughs> there, there you go. I, I, the the bathhouse ones have, were particularly grim <laughs> yano persuading them to take their shirts off because they're like we need to sell this to the girls I akada I take your shirt off which is oh like man. a bit much taru calm yourself anyway let's move on to the semi-finals because we've got three matches left to talk about and they are very 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 good uh the first semi-final was yuki sakazaki defeating suzume in 11 minutes and 56 seconds this was fantastic, and the reason why I enjoyed it so much was because I, I hadn't seen Susan May come out with stuff this good. I've seen her, and I know she has potential to be great, but Sakazaki managed to pull so much out of her, and it was just a star-making performance from both of them, really. Um, but yeah, back and forth, hard-hitting, exactly what you want in a semifinal match. Sakazaki is just so good, and Susan May just, just not quite good enough. And that's fine because that's where they are in the company. Sakazaki is the, she isn't the ace of the company, but she's a long time successful star of the company. And, you know, Suzume is just three years in, but she is going really, really well. And with more performances like this, that she's going to be great. And this was fantastic. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, this
0: was the sort of real spotlight on Suzume she's mm. been one of the more dependable stars over the past year or so especially shining in like the multi-person scene the tag scene and now she's getting a proper sort of single spotlight and as you said yeah sure it's kind of reflective of like standings within the company but as you notice with we will notice with both semi-final matches here there is someone in them who you'd normally consider like on a lower tier of the totem pole getting their chance to shine It's As you said, it's a great match because Sakazaki could probably have a great match with a mop at this point (laughs) and still make it believable. It's just, yeah. It was great fun. Great wrestling. And hopefully this will put more of a rocket on Suzume's back so she gets more chances to shine more often.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's like none of the people at the top of the TJPW card are old, but they are older and you have to make new stars they'd probably be around for another four or five years at the top of the very tip top level and you know you've got some people we're going to talk about next but that the are at the very tip top level but you can't just rest on your laurels you have to make new stars and build them up all the time and a lot of western fans get really impatient with uh, japanese booking because there are so few opportunities or it seems like there's so few opportunities. I mean, there is, but equally, he's the guy that makes the money. (laughs) So I understand the frustration. A lot of people were frustrated that Osprey didn't win the G1 Climax, but he wasn't going to win. Really? That was just basically it. Because it's like, because the money isn't on Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom. Not this year. It might be next year. If they they missed out.
0: a beat by not having Khan win it, he is like the most popular guy in the company, not most popular wrestler, most popular human being.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he definitely is, but he's not going to win that tournament. They not missed a, beat. For a long time yeah,
0: They missed a beat. They I could don't... have still
1: done something to capitalize on that popularity. But they don't like hot-shotting stuff. They want to be patient because they know it will draw in the long run. They're not building for this year. They're building for two years down the line, which is like wrestling used to be in the United States. But because of the way wrestling is booked in the United States, because it's week-to-week and you have to move things forward to make things faster, it's like, you know, this this is the thing. It's like, I absolutely guarantee you no one complained about Bruno Sammartino being WWWF champion for 11 years because they saw incredible matches every week. And he sold out the garden and he sold out Boston Garden and he sold out Shea because he was that good and he was that much of a draw. But no one complains about that because that was the way the booking was done at the time. Whereas, like, because New Japan still works like that to an extent, and Old Japan and Noah, Noah slightly less, they tend to hot shot things perhaps more often than they should have done. But because they still work like that, they're still drawing money though. And that's the key thing. I understand what you're saying, it's frustrating from a fan's point of view, that maybe wants to see change. Well, they're not necessarily after artistic integrity. They're after making money. Corporate is... wrestling! Well, that's it, though. You know, as we were discussing about this earlier, it is corporate wrestling. You know, it's 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 absolutely corporate wrestling. But having said that, they allowed cheering at Currican Hall for the first time today, and they blew the roof off the place.
0: Yeah, I saw the Kazanina rare clip, which is exactly
1: yeah. what humanity needed exactly. That's it. And Tanahashi and Okada closed out the show. and um they 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 were screaming for him. It was um the main event was Tanahashi Inokada Okada versus uh, tmdK And it was like they they got them chanting for everything. They were even chanting for Jonah. They were chanting for Akada. They were chanting for Shane. <laughs> they ch- they 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 chanted for Red Shoes, I think, at one point. <laughs>
0: Did they chant for Slapjack though?
1: No, I don't know. I think they probably would have chanted for Slapjack if the opportunity had arisen. But yeah, but well, anywho, it is good to see Japanese venues opening up a bit more, which is really, really cool. I'm actually gonna I haven't got I only saw clips on Twitter. I'm gonna have to watch it tonight, I think, when I get home. Or at least just watch Suzuki's match because that'll be the one worth watching, isn't it? <laughs> they should have made that the main event. <laughs> anyway, the semi final on the last night on night six. By the way, we were at Kurukan Hall again, 444 people, which was a bit small, but that was the semi final night. Mayu Watanabe defeated Mio Yamashita in 18 minutes and 23 seconds of an ungodly professional wrestling match. Watanabe was bad from pillow to post, but absolutely refused to give up. She took Yamashita to the limit and then got a pinfall on her and could not believe she'd won. Yamashita could not believe she'd lost. This was an epic tale amongst the opencomer who has been trying to break through to the main event for the last year and finally getting there and really cementing her position within the company and within the card and in the upper echelon of what the company can do. And this was just an outstanding performance from both wrestlers. I can't say enough about it. 8.99 from the cage match users. Like, that's incredible for TJPW. They're not known as, like, big fans of TJPW. If you look at their, their scores, they're not always up in this territory. Uh, I am, and I think this was excellent in one of the matches of the year I've seen so far. What do you think of this one, John?
0: Yeah, this this was incredible. Like, it, it had a lot to try and live up to following Sakazaki Suzume. And yeah, they blew the roof off because it was literally an uphill battle for Watanabe as she tried to strong-arm her way past the deadliest kicker in wrestling. <laughs> like, she had the absolute shit beaten out of her. It was merciless.
1: It was. Honestly, this was like Akira Hokuto territory of meanness. <laughs> this was like Putting the rookie in their place, kind of level of stiff. You I, could
0: almost imagine it being like clipped for some sort of like comedy show where it's just sort of Yamashita kicking with the caption, stare the fuck down continuously, and Watanabe just getting up to get kicked down again.
1: It was, it was, it was just a war of attrition, you know. And Watanabe wasn't gentle with Yamashita either. She got her in. This was stiff. Um, but yeah, this was exceptional, um, and it really kind of sets up the final with uh, Sakizaki going up against Watanabe. You've got the you've got the core cool story. Can the younger wrestler come out on top? Um, and it is because she, Watanabe, is such a part of the show. Obviously, they open the show with the Up Up Girls, and you know every show, and she has become such a signature part of what TJPW is about. She's happy. She's a pure baby face. She's got so much charisma. She's got so much character. And you just want her to win. And I was I was talking with, I can't remember who I was talking with online uh the other day. Can't remember his name. Uh, but we was talking about like how do you get like the somebody over in the same level that the crush gals were over in the 80s? And it's kind of like this: having a level of cross um cross-boundaries, cross-media kind of penetration, being able to understand social media, being able to understand all of these streams, the way Maki Ito has kind of manipulated everything around her to make herself a star. Um, and she's a great wrestler as well, but she's definitely manipulated the media to make herself an even bigger star. And Watanabe's doing the same thing, but in a much more wholesome, let's say it, because Ito isn't necessarily everybody's cup of tea. Watanabe's doing in a much more wholesome, more appealing to a general crowd kind of way not necessarily up to a cult following if anyone can break out and be a massive star I think it's going to be Watanabe I don't know if you agree with me or not there John
0: she's certainly got every sort of tool in her arsenal a lot of the times when you see like massive clips come out of TJP shows it's usually me Watanabe giant spinning someone like (laughs) 10 times her size going fucking full on Cesaro so like she definitely, She's going to be one of the big players in like the next generation of TJPW main eventers. She's always been dependable in the ring. She always puts on unique performances. And as you said, she's got the backing of the up-up girls. So if anyone's going to break out, she is definitely one of those people that should have the Rockets
1: strapped to their back. Just going to say on the Giant Swing, where did Cesaro get the Giant sing, Swing from, John?
0: Oh, God, don't give me trivia at this time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lioness Asker. Yeah. One of the girls who we've just been talking about. I've talked about this before, but if you can find it, I'm not sure if it's available. It might be on the WWE Network. Gorilla Monsoon was the first person to make the Giants swing famous. That was his finisher. And there is a match in the Boston Gardens, and it's the Crush Girls making their WWF debuts, and it's Lord Alfred Hayes and Gorilla Monsoon on commentary, and Linus Asker does the giant swing, and Gorilla Monsoon is actually silent in awe of Linus Asker because he used, she used his finisher, and <laughs> she he thought it was brilliant. It's the only time I've seen him actually lost for words when he's commentating, and he just he just stops and just watches it and gets lost in the moment. And it's like, oh, that's really cool. You know, I was well, like, you know what Monsoon. would happen in this day and age? no
0: <laughs> oh they stole my move oh yeah. no that's finish. what are you using it for
1: yeah exactly whereas gorilla was like i'm done she can have it and she does it better than me and now oh, that's really cool that's that's the way it should be anyway the final was back at currican hall 551 in attendance um kind of all the pomp and circumstance you'd expect of a big final match night and it appeared Yukio Sakizaki against Miyu Watanabe. 19 minutes and 36 seconds. How Watanabe stood these two matches is beyond me because she got another kick in. 8.31 from the cage match users. Another perfectly told story between two wrestlers who, again, you have the established star, you have the up-and-comer who's living the dream. Can she fulfill it? Maybe not this time, but there's a lot of get-you-next-time about this particular story, which I like. Watanabe was by no means... Buried. she finished strong, but she just couldn't quite put the veteran away. What's your thoughts on this one, John?
0: Yeah, this isn't how you end a tournament with a bang. You've got old guard, new guard, everything to prove, and about 20 minutes of shit kicking. It's just brutal. Again, very fast-paced, very dynamic, very technical. It's just everything's there that you need from a match. And, yeah, as you said, Watanabe might have felt short fell short, but that's just because Sakazaki is the upper echelon of the company for a reason. It's like her Yamashita, oh sorry, Yamashita and bloody like Shoko Nakajima, like the top. Mm. And then you'll have Watanabe on that that level now after yeah. a match
1: like this. After a run like this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, Maki Ito's kind of up there as a big star within the company, but she's not on the top level of wrestler yet, is she? She's always there or thereabouts, but you've got four or five people now who are kind of vying for that top slot. Yamishita is probably still considered the ace of the company, I would think. But, you know, this is the thing that makes the company so interesting, where they're going to go next. They've got plenty of options, haven't they? They can't just rely on the same people all the time
0: no and they continuously have like gaijin flowing in as well it's it's a continuous carousel of like really interesting characters great wrestlers and a continuous like momentum shift like nobody i don't think anyone expected alex windsor to come in and leave with the international princess title like she did Mm. there's there's always some level of surprise with tjpw because They'll sometimes just do things for the fun of it,
1: yeah, that's it it's like there's loads of there's loads of how can I put it you' like just creativity really of things that are going on um speaking of uh Alex Windsor, she'll be defending that uh international princess championship um at the next pro wrestling Eve event, which also features more Tokyo Joshi Pro action as Miu Yamishita, Yamashita, sorry goes up against Millie Mackenzie. Oh which, god. As a pure wrestling event is just you go pay to see those two because they're the two best wrestlers you are likely to see in this country this year. You know, they're who's case of whose head's gonna
0: hurt more. Millie's from getting kicked in, or your masters from getting dropped on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gonna be brutal. There's no two ways about it. And it's also TJPW versus Sendai Girls, which is something you wouldn't get in Japan. So this is absolutely unique to British wrestling. One of Mako Satomura's key protégés up against the TJPW, DJ, that's TJPW dojo's biggest product. That's an incredible thing. You would not see that in Japan because Sendai Girls are not affiliated with TJPW and don't cross-promote with them. That's something, a sight to see, for sure.
0: It's just kind of funny that the UK has become wrestling's international waters alongside maybe certain American indies like Deadlock Pro and JCW where you're getting Jungle Kiana and matches that Stardom would probably never dare
1: book. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I, just think like... that, I think that's the thing though. There's always been, I think um, nodal points of wrestling is one of the things that I think smaller promotions do better than larger promotions with. Like Forbidden Door is a good example. Forbidden Door, the pay-per-view, is a one-off. could only happen once, and they did it as about as good as you could manage it. Okay, but it could equally have been a massive mess if they got it completely wrong. Um, Whereas someone like Pro Wrestling Eve, who can weave in stories and weave out stories and build around one match because it's a one-off dream match, they haven't got as much to risk for one thing because it doesn't quite matter so much because you've got a whole other cards of the regular stuff that that the hardcore fans are going to go see but also it just means that they can tailor it to the dream match and they can be a dream map promotion without so long as there's enough solid stuff around it to make it work and that's kind of what happened with forbidden door in the sense of new japan fans wanted to watch it because they want to see the new japan fans against the AEW fans AEW fans wanted to watch it because it was AEW, and they'll literally watch anything that's AEW. so you 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 are not going to be on a loser but equally everything clicked perfectly and they had a night of perfect matches despite horrible things going wrong on the card whereas like for a small company if you're just putting one dream match in a card of regular stuff it means you can get away with an awful lot and do an awful lot of very cool stuff
0: definitely
1: yep. definitely for sure um it's been of a bit of a shorter episode this evening because we only really looked at one show and normally we look at like two or three <laughs> <laughs> Hey, sometimes shorter is sweeter. Indeed, it is. There was loads of wrestling for you to look at this weekend. Um, we've got some cool stuff coming up though, because not only are pro wrestling Eve doing amazing things in November, you've also got your uh, Royal Quest is coming up in London in October. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling coming over. You've got uh, AEW doing. Bizarre, frankly, things in press conferences. But well, if you haven't heard today's news, I'm sure you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> and you know, you've got WWE even like recognizing stories from Japanese indie wrestling. Did you hear about that? Yeah, triple, a... t- triple Tales referencing what Michael the... Cole was triple. Yeah, but for those of you on Twitter, by the way, who didn't understand Triple Tales were never in Stardom. <laughs> that was the biggest thing I had to say like over the weekend. Oh, it was a stardom storyline. No, Triple Tales were never in stardom because Asuka would never wrestle for stardom for reasons I can't quite go into. But, (laughs) so yeah. But yeah, it's really, really cool. that Like, you know, even WWE are kind of getting a bit of uh, indie cool about them these days, even on the biggest shows they've run in years. So there you go. Well, where can we find you on the internet, John?
0: You can find me at John Deathman on Twitter, that is the gateway to hell, that will lead you to rantings, ramblings, opinions, funny screenshots of wrestling shows, and yeah, now I am on Patreon, at Deathmatch Digest. that will get you weekly deathmatch reviews, little funny one-off pieces about weird, wonderful and random deathmatches, one of which we actually talked about on the Troop in your show. There you go. As we, I most, my most recent one is the Bath House death match (laughs) with Tarzan Goto and Shoji Nakamaki. One of those wrestlers was good.
1: Yes. You can find The Troopany Show on Patreon as well at Show, The Troopany Show. Sorry, You can find us on Facebook, The Troopany Show, too, uh, where you can keep The Troopany Show free forever for everyone. Please do so. That would be nice. Um, You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on the show, Troopany Show on Twitter. We'll be back next week with more stuff. We're not quite sure yet, but we're thinking we're erring towards there is a distinct movement on the idea of reviewing last week's Big Noah show. Uh, we have a big late show coming up as well, which I'm sure Marcus, Marcus is jumping at the bit. Which will feature uh, and you as well, I think John as well. We've got um, uh, Freedom's um, Kasai and who's the owner of Freedom's? whose name I can never remember. Um, Takashi
0: Sasaki. Yeah, yeah they're Sasaki. going to
1: GLEAT for a bit, do oh, a couple of matches.
0: Fuck yes.
1: And of course. Um, uh, Miyagi Miyagi versus Seema in a handicap match, where Miyagi gets two pin, two counts and Seema gets three counts, which is a whole new intergender kind of wrinkle. Because I did not think that Glate would do proper intergender wrestling, but I'm glad that they are trying, and it's going to be the furthering story of Miyagi Miyagi not quite winning. I feel, <laughs> but they will pop it off eventually. I know she's going to get a big win in the end. It's just waiting for so long. There you go. All right, then. We'll speak to you next week. Take care. Bye.